Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our business podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. For the benefit of you, the listener, my name is Nasser Pasha. Thank you for joining us. And I'm Matt Staub. And Matthew Staub is here again, joining us for the 153rd time, I believe. Correct. I think that's a new record, right? I mean, I think last week you were at 152, so I think you just broke the record, man. 153 in a row. Congratulations. I'm pretty proud of that. I wouldn't get too confident there, you know. I don't know what's going to happen next week. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, it's bad because we've had the other three people that have been here the whole time. And so they haven't really said anything or they haven't said anything, but it still counts because they're here. So if I yeah. screw up and don't show up, they can just step in and say something and then they're going to have the record. So Correct. Yeah. The record committee just requires presence. You don't have to actually say anything. So I hope I don't make a mistake like the mistake we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> Classic transition. Yeah. So there's this guy who's an artist, Cameron Mole. Mole. M-O-L-L. Mole? 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 Mole. Mole. Okay. Mole. <laughs> Spend the rest of the episode just trying to guess his name. <laughs> so he's, he's an artist. He's uh, started a Kickstarter campaign and he was looking to raise 10 grand. And actually, as of recording here, oh, I guess it's already over. So he raised just under 65 grand so well above what he was expecting to raise nearly 600 people backed the project and he was essentially doing this really cool letterpress printed version of the brooklyn bridge really really cool thing people that funded it he gave him a copy of what he created and after the 65 grand after he spent all the time and money sending out these prints to everyone he had about fifteen thousand dollars left and then he realized he made a big mistake. So when I first saw this story, I assumed he like screwed something up with the, the numbers or or something. But yeah, <laughs> his mistake was it was a typo. He misspelled the word Brooklyn. Whoops. That's a big one. Yeah. So B-R-O-O-K-Y-L-N. So switched the Y and the L there. So what he had to do, obviously, was go back and reship you know, reprint and reship. And essentially he cut his profit in half. At the end of the day, he still made money because it was free money that he got. So it's, I don't feel too bad, but. But did he have to send, resend it all? I mean, I, yeah, okay. You, you misspelled it, but you know, it's a piece of artwork. Maybe that's part of the art is misspelled words. Because I mean, if you think about it, if the, basically if you guys, it's hard to picture it, but the Brooklyn Bridge image is made up of different letters, which has different words in it. And he displayed that on the on the Kickstarter. But I don't think he actually showed the word because basically when the final product had Brooklyn Bridge kind of in big letters. And so it wasn't on there. But if some of the words were misspelled on the original poster and people bought it, apparently they can't spell either. So he didn't have to send it, I guess. I don't know. What do you think? Is, I don't know if that's technically a contract. Is he obligated? So how Kickstarter works, obviously, is people back your project and you can give different incentives. And so he had any pledge of $80 or more, he would send an early bird signed poster, you know, a copy of this Brooklyn Bidge poster, et cetera. So I don't, is he obligated to even send that in the first place? Because people are just 
sending him money. I think that agreement might be with Kickstarter. I'm not sure. I don't know how that works, but let's say he was just selling it on his website and if it was displayed incorrectly on the website, then then I suppose he would not have had to return it, but... <laughs> yeah, but you wouldn't have to. Obviously, you should. I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. It's like, okay, well... Yeah. It, it did cost him quite a bit. I mean, it cost him another $7,000, so he lost half his profit. He was at a, like a probably around a 14, 15% profit margin and uh, cut that in half. Is it a profit margin though? Like I said, if he just free money that he got, I guess it's, you can look at that as income. No, it's, it's a profit margin because his marketing was marketing budget was basically zero. And even though these Kickstarters are their backers, but if at the end of the day, it's just people buying the product itself I mean, in general, right? I mean, there's some, there's some, like if you pledge a dollar or more, you get nothing basically you get updates and then let's see $10 or more a thank you card so wow but then $80 it jumps up to an early bird signed poster so basically you're buying a poster for 80 bucks that's how i see it at least you didn't mention that the thank you card was printed on crane letra pearl and signed by him so let's not forget that oh Wow. I, I, yeah, I totally missed that. Well, what's interesting, this is estimated delivery in December 2013. When did this occur? I mean, this seems like a recent article. It looks like he, he uh, was a little late in delivering, no? February 2015. You know, that's kind of the thing that we were talking about, possibly discussing this before, but the downside of some of these Kickstarters is, you know, they, they set their goals and they have no idea what kind of backing they're going to get. I don't know if you can you cut it off at a certain point too. I'm I'm not sure, but sometimes if it's really popular, especially if it goes viral, then you get this huge I guess this is what happened to the glitter guy that we discussed yeah. even though that was a plan, but it's you get this huge feedback and then you have to fulfill all these orders or the backers that you said you were going to send these things to and then you're just like, well, now I have to spend all this time and money fulfilling these orders. So it can kind of backfire in a sense, even though you're still getting money at the end of the day, presumably profiting off of it. This stuff happens though in real life, right? Because you you may have a product or even a service that all of a sudden takes off, goes viral in its own way. And you have maybe purchase orders to fulfill. And at that point, your profit margins may be such that, you know, maybe you're doing it yourself or whatever, but you can't handle that. But at the same time, how do you expand quickly to make sure you fulfill your orders? These are real world problems that occur all the time. So I guess this guy just uh, had to deal with it just like everyone else. Yeah. And you'll see that on, I watch Shark Tank sometimes and you'll see that on there. They yeah. say they do, got really popular and they just don't have the money to to keep producing or they can only produce in small batches because they have to wait until more money comes in and then that money gets allocated. So that's why they ask sometimes for you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So small businesses do need to be prepared for this sort of situation. I mean, more times than not, it's not going to be the, an issue. But for the ones that do take off, you have to have things in place just to, as precautions just to make sure that you can't handle a huge influx of orders or whatever ends up happening. Absolutely. And, and I, obviously, I was kind of joking around of not resending the posters to your customers. But this is a really good example of, okay, on, on one hand, he may not have a legal obligation to fulfill those orders once again, yet he did it anyway. And even though I think most people in business understand that and do it anyway, you know, just like I would, even though I was joking otherwise, but 
even if he took a loss in it, right? I mean, people don't want a poster with a misspelled word. My point is, is that this is also part of legal risk management in the sense that sometimes it's not just about doing what you have to do, but it's about protecting yourself by going above and beyond because I'm not even talking about the non-legal aspects because obviously if you have a lot of upset customers, then that might be a problem. But what about the legal aspects of misrepresentation? They'll, they'll sue you for little small stuff that even for one simple poster, one person can cause havoc if they are passionate enough to go against you and, and ask anyone that's been through a lawsuit. No defendant believes they should have been sued. Well, that's not exactly true, but many defendants don't believe that. And and it's so easy nowadays and so many attorneys that are willing to take on the most silly of cases. And, and nowadays with the internet, you can do it on your own sometimes and really cause havoc to people. I, I agree with you in saying that even if you're not obligated legally, it still makes better sense to sometimes take certain actions or inactions because it'll be beneficial for you legally down the road. If that's what you were, is that, I'm trying to summarize what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, basically, you know, you want to be legally sound and, and be smart in your business. (laughs) Just in my, my humble opinion. That's a, that's a good way of putting it as well. You know, I think this guy could have done is just said it's just art and he intentionally misspelled it. That's the best policy. Yeah. There's no rules for art unless he said it was going to be spelled correctly. I would have just gone in the Kickstarter and switched the L and the the Y to me. It's like, well, this is what it was all the whole time. Yeah, actually, that's the first thing I checked. I wanted to see if he misspelled Brooklyn anywhere else on the Kickstarter page. And apparently he did not that I could find. So I haven't seen the actual print. So I don't know where it was. Did you see it to see where it actually was on the print? And was it just like on the bottom or something? Gosh, I saw it somewhere. Not a huge deal. No, no, this is a huge deal. Let's find it. I guess I, I just clicked on the remaining posters link and there's a uh, there's a link there. And I think at the bottom it just says Brooklyn Bridge. Well anyway, that's the that's the Brooklyn Bridge for you. <laughs> Always misspelled. I don't know if I've been on that or not. I don't know. I've seen it before in person. That's it. Well anyway, all right. Well thank you for joining us everyone. This is our uh nice Wednesday middle of the week podcast. Thank you for joining us. Yep. Keep it sound, keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast, The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.